Hello and welcome to Sheffield Board Gamers, official podcast of the Sheffield Board Games Club. My name's Rick, I'm joined today by Samuel. Hello Samuel. Hello. Hello, thanks for coming on. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, no problem, it's nice to be on again. Uh, we're going to talk about a few of the games that we've play- played recently, a few of the board games that we've played recently at the club. Uh, we've got a question of the week, which is, what are your favourite games from 2012? Before that, uh, I'm just going to have a quick chat about uh, a couple of things that I've seen in the news. So one of the things that I've seen recently is that Ian Livingston's got a knighthood in the New Year's Honours list, which is pretty good. Yeah. He's a, he's a really interesting guy. He's, uh, he's, he's been around for quite a while. He started off writing the f- uh, fighting fantasy books, those choose-your-own-adventure books, uh, moved on to do a lot of video, video game stuff so he started off at Core Design and uh, making the original Tomb Raider went on to found IDOS which is like a big publishing video game publishing company yep. uh, and since then he's gone on to education and all sorts of other things so it's good recognition from you know uh, a long time in doing lots of different things yeah it's good to get some recognition in that field yeah, as yeah. well the, sort of the field of game design of one sort or another yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, a very entertainment-focused, sort of interactive entertainment-focused strand. Yeah. doesn't usually get a lot of press. Does and if it, it does, it's often negative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Certainly for video Vi- games, anyway. Yeah, violent video games and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's good. That's uh, that's really good. So, Oh, he started off the Games Workshop as well. Yes. That's another, another thing they did. Uh, so a lot, a lot of stuff. A lot. He's had a lot of... Uh, uh, been been busy obviously over his entire career. So yeah, a lot of, sort of you know. Uh, uh, and then the other thing that uh, that we've done is that uh, the local board game cafe, which is the Treehouse in Sheffield, they had a, uh, a charity event, like a um, you know, like a board game sales event, and people came and donated board games and and sold them uh, in aid of charity. Uh, so I, I, I've been down. I think you went down as well. We but we just I missed each other, didn't we? Yeah, we just missed <laughs> each other. We discovered. Yeah. 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 So. I saw on Facebook the other day. I don't know if you've seen this, Samuel, but they they've raised over a thousand pounds so far, which is oh, brilliant. Yeah. That's really that good. Well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. a lot. It was uh, it was really busy. There were quite a lot of people there. I I, I went down. Uh, when was it? About quarter eleven, probably when I got there, and it, there was the room was yeah. pretty much full. It was like standing room only. Couldn't really get in. Uh, yeah, that's people what, I, mean, there I, just, I left just before then, and it was yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of games going in, uh, obviously with donations and things. A lot of games coming out as well, so it's quite a big, quite a big turnover of games. Yeah, uh, I'm sort of thinking I should have gone back again or something. If you'd gone back later, you'd have a completely different set of games. It's yeah, I think I should have as well because um, there'd have been a different selection, I think, and different things in there. But and I know, I know, I know Tom Coulter and Polly. Yeah, Tom and Polly. Went. I, never, I didn't even see because they, they obviously came. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I saw them there, and I saw a couple of other people from the club as well. Uh, yeah, I saw one or two ones. Uh, as well as obviously customers from the treehouse as well. They they yeah. advertised it, so a lot of people went there. So I I didn't actually buy anything. I went down and donated a couple of games, but I didn't. I, 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 I've got too many games at the moment. I'm trying to get rid of a few, so I, I didn't yeah. actually buy anything. But you you bought a couple, I think, didn't you? Yeah, I donated quite a few as well. But I oh, bought, did you? Um, Flow of History, hmm. which actually Ruth and Andy, who opened the treehouse, had put in. Mm. Um, it was one Andy had kickstarted, then they'd never played, so they got rid of it. And I got a mini ex- dice expansion from Munchkin as well. Mm. Um, and we, in fact, we tried Flow of History at the club on Tuesday. Mm. Um, yeah. To I think a mixed reception. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, we we only played it once, so it'd probably be better to. 
Yeah, I don't uh, think it's quite it's a, helpful. It's it's a really nice production. You've got like metal coins and nice yeah, um, meeples for the like the, player player tokens yeah. and things like that. So, Sorry, yeah. One or two mistakes in the rule book, rule book, which I've actually, I've actually corrected the rule book now. Yeah. Stuck a All right. Yeah. Of you, uh, which caused a bit of a headache very early on, which yeah. <laughs> messed up the first impression. <laughs> um, fact, I think I, I then made a mistake while trying to sort out the actual mistake, so that mm. I think that just complicated things more actually, which is very unhelpful. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it's worth worth trying again anyway. Yeah, some of us yeah, liked it, it, some of us were less keen. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was you know reasonable enough. Rather, I mean, it's not uh, not subtle in its inspiration. It's very clearly inspired by Through the Ages, right? Yeah, d- down to some of the card types and card names and just mm. the general idea. Mm. So yeah. So, is. so uh, talk, talking about other games that we've only played once, <laughs> one of the first ones that uh, that we that I played in the in the new year uh, with the other Samuel, not you, Samuel, the other Samuel, and Ian was a game called Hadrian's Wall. Uh, so this is from 2021. It's for between one and six players. Plays between 30 and 60 minutes, and it, the designer is a guy called Bobby Hill. Uh, so if you've seen this game, you'll probably recognise it. It's the one. It's a it's a flipping right, like a roll and right, but a flipping right because you use like a deck of cards. Uh, but instead of having like a small sheet that you write on, you get two big pieces of paper. So these are. Uh, they're not like A4 size, they're like a square shape. Like if you imagine like a ticket to ride kind of box, square shape, they're kind of that shape. But you get two of them. And it's a game where you're building Hadrian's Wall uh, in the in, you know in the Roman period and you're getting resources and you're sending your workers out to do different things. But none of, none of that really matters. There's not much, not much theme in it really. It's just um, you flip a card over, you get some resources, which is like these coloured meeples and then you spend those to activate different areas of the uh, of, of the sheet that you've got in front of you so there's various tracks and various different areas that'll do different things you have uh, like four different tracks at the bottom which are for scoring there's some buildings that you can build there's defenses that you can put up things like that you can actually contribute to the wall so you have to build the wall as well that's part of the game there's a gladiator section there's a market section um, there's all sorts of stuff going on it's quite uh, quite involved the game itself is uh, card-based, so you flip over a card and that'll tell you what resources you get for that turn. Uh, and then basically you spend those resources doing something. So let's say you get two purple workers, for example. You can spend one of your purple workers to fill in like a little square and that'll combo uh, a bit like... Um, what, what's the other one? Uh, Gans- uh, Ganschen Clever? Yeah. That's a Clever. Clever and those ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, uh, you kind of fill in a box and then that might give you a, yem- a yellow meeple and they can go away and fill that in somewhere else and then that'll give you a you know a brick a resource that you can spend somewhere else so there's a lot of that kind of stuff working out uh, which path you want to go down which buildings you want to build a lot of the stuff you can't do until you've hit a re- prerequisite on a different track so you might have to like build a building before you can actually start working on this particular track or you can only go up so far and then you have to do something else to you know to let you go further on it Sounds interesting. Uh, so it's it, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like a roll and write game, but obviously expanded out and made into a full uh, a full hour long game. It took us a, l- a little bit longer to play because, like I said, it was, it was his first time playing, and um, 
I, I think Samuel was uh, feeling a little bit under the weather. He was kind of explaining Sam, the game, and yeah, uh, Sam was, we, yeah. we we got to a, we got to like the gladiators bit, and he said, "Oh, don't worry about that. We'll just ignore that for his first game." So we kind of skipped over that and ignored it entirely. And then there's like a market section, and we kind of skipped over that as well. We didn't really do anything with that. Yeah, I had had a look how you're getting on at the end, and you said you you said to yeah, we we just sections, we, we just completely left like you know a quarter of the game out of it, and it was still quite involved and still still quite uh, quite long. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a few sort of roll and rights or flipping rights or yeah. whatever and rights, and this was by far the most complex looking, and it had, like, yeah, it had yeah. two quite large um, pads to write on. I seem to remember. From yeah, the, that's right. Yeah, you showed me. Yeah, you know, rather than having like a very uh, sort of a small nine by nine grid. It, like, it does come with quite a big pad as well. So in in the box yeah. itself, there's two of these big thick pads with all the paper on that you, yeah, you use. Yeah, pretty, pretty heavy. Pretty actually just. Physically heavy box. Heavy, yeah, well. yeah. It's like a telephone directory. <laughs> so, I'd, I'd say if you like your roll and rights, but like your complex games as well, it's definitely one to look up. Yeah, yeah. We, we played through it. Uh, it took us quite a long time, but looking on Board Game Geek, it only says uh, the playtime is 30 to 60 minutes. So I think once you've played it, uh, explaining the game and kind of getting it, you know, teaching it is, is quite difficult. But once, you get it, once you've got it, it, is, it does flow quite well. And it's, yeah. and there's being, only like five or six mm-hmm. rounds. And being a roll and write, it's simultaneous, so it expanded player count. Doesn't really expand the time to play. Yeah, it goes up to six well. players, so I can I can see that. Yeah, people will just be filling in their own their own pieces of paper. There's not much interaction. There's not much uh, that you can do that affects the other players. There's no like drafting of cards or resources or anything like that. Um, there are some cards where you kind of share. You know, you can share. There's like a little tetron mono piece, where a little bit a grid, a grid where you fill it in. And you can fill that in based on like what cards other people have got. But that's about that's about the limit of it. So you basically got your head down and just looking at your at your kind of two sheets and trying to work out, you know, the best way that you can use the uh, use the workers that you got for that particular round. So um, yeah, it's uh, it feels a bit like um, doing doing four of those Gans shown clever games all at the same time. That's what it felt <laughs> like. <laughs> but you get it, it's quite satisfying when you get a combo. So you can you know you can uh, get a worker to do this over here, and then you do that, and then you fill in a couple of dots, and then that gives you something else, and then oh, you can build that building then, and then that'll let you do other other options. So yeah, that sounds. I quite, I, I quite liked it. So yeah, it was all right. It was good. I, I, I definitely play it again. At some point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'd probably be better to look at a video first, or um, yeah. you know, what, have a look through the rules yourself before you actually start playing, because it is a bit yeah. of a long, a bit of a long teach explaining like how all these boxes interact with each other. But uh, yeah, like I said, once you played it, it, it kind of all makes sense, and the you know the icons and everything's all pretty clear. So yeah, that was all right. It was um, Hadrian's Wall. That was called. And well, coincidentally, the first game I'm going to talk about is the one I was playing at the same time as Rick was playing Hadrian's Wall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is one of my Christmas uh, presents um, that I requested. Because <clears throat> I always request board games. <laughs> um, because it's, well, it's easier. Mum and Dad wouldn't really know to get me a bit of a, bit of a gamble on their part. Yeah, I, I, I have that problem. Yeah, no, yeah nobody ever knows what to get me. So if I have yeah, a wish list or something, it makes it a lot easier. Problem. Yeah, it is yeah. the problem of not knowing what you have and haven't got. Yeah, um, yeah. as well, so you get duplicating or something, or getting the completely wrong thing. Anyway, so one of the ones I requested and got this year is or was Space Base, mm-hmm. which is a dice rolling and tableau building game in the vein of something like Machikoro or Catan, I suppose, where you you on your turn you roll a pair of dice and you and potentially everybody else will get some stuff. And then it's about what you do with the stuff on your turn. Um, so it plays two to five, 
Um, published by AEG. The designer is John D. Clare. It plays in around an hour. It took us, it took us a bit longer because we, we were playing. It was a bit of rules explanation. We were, hmm. you know, playing fairly slowly. But um, each player starts with twelve sort of ships laid out on this board. They've got this. So it's got this sort of quite well got this unique type cards that are really long and thin. Mm. Um, so unique, actually, that all of the expansions is primarily to add sleeves to the. All right. Game. <laughs> yeah, there's like a bit of a strange shape, aren't they? That like yeah, they're, yeah, they're like normal really cards. Really long, they're, they're completely non-sand size. But this doesn't. It, it, they're all right, really. I've not had. Well, it, it it kind of works with the game because you kind of put them all next to each other, don't you? You kind of like yeah, you have a long, put them in a row. Long so line, so they did. Yeah. Or else you'd have this foreverly long thing. Yeah. I suppose. So you start with everyone starts with the same fairly basic set of things uh, and the general idea is that you'll you'll roll some nuts in your turn and get some stuff um, generally money and you'll use money to buy more cards to try and get points and the game end is triggered when somebody gets to 40 and then you finish the round and whoever's got the most points at that point is the winner hmm. so whenever you buy a new card it goes in it, they all have a slot that they go into a set slot so you put it into that slot you, you take the previous card out turn it upside down and sh- sort of slide it underneath that slot so that it'll trigger on your opponent's turns when they roll the dice. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more things you buy, the more things you might get on an, an opponent's turn. So it can be quite good buying things. And if you buy multiple things, if you keep buying things for the same slot, the stuff that you get on the opponent's turns will start stacking up because you'll get all those effects from the opponent's turns. It, you know, you don't just get the latest one or whatever, you get all of them. So if I buy something in slot six or three times, I'll have a few things stacking up when, my, when the six is rolled on my opponent's turn. Uh, and in addition to that, when you roll the dice, you can take the sum of the two values, or you can take the two values independently. So you can pick sort of two different things, or one higher thing, if you like, um, depending on what's what's on your board. And mm. Similarly, on an opponent's turn, you can choose to add the values together or take them independently, which sort of changes the frequency of numbers. So one to six are a bit more likely than the rest of the numbers, rather than it being sort of just two to twelve with seven being the most likely. You suddenly sort of have the lower end is a bit more likely and the higher end is much is you know less likely so 12 is therefore the single least likely to get but then you can also get various cards that will allow you to increase the the, the total dice sum um, by one or possibly two um, and you can use multiple of those at once so you could you know you can use that to get high values if you want to mm. um, some cards will trigger as well as or instead of themselves will trigger a card next to them um, one interesting little mechanic is that whenever you buy a card you, you do that on your turn you can buy one you have to regardless of how much it costs you have to reset your money to zero so it's sort of like your money's like saying you've got this amount to spend this turn but only for this turn however there's a third track which is in the middle you've got the, the money track at the top and then the points at the bottom underneath all your cards but in between those you have the income track and you can increase that by using certain you know, to start with it's on Slots nine to twelve, uh, ten to uh, nine to twelve. If you roll well, those, you increase your income. Basically, what that does is that in each each of your turns, once your income's gone down to zero, it then sets to that income value. So you'll start each. Well, after that, you'll you'll sort of start the next player's turn with that amount of money. So the mm. more income you have, the more money you sort of you're starting from each time. Yeah. Yeah. So that can be great. You know, getting a lot of that can be quite helpful. I mean, in the game we played, I'd got a fair bit. Some people hadn't really got any, and you know there were, there were a fair variety of tactics. Martin was, was getting got some points cards early on, and so was building up. Whereas I, 
finished second at the end and actually had quite a late dash to the end. Um, and sort of got a couple of high scoring points cards. Got a couple of sort of one or two lucky rolls. And in fact, actually, on the last turn, I needed a double six to win the game, but unfortunately, I didn't get it. I got one of the sixes, but I only got one. Uh-huh. This is very unfortunate, which would have been quite, quite the turnaround because Marth would have been quite the way ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Jacob would have been, been doing quite well as well. But in, in the last few turns, I got the bulk of my points. It's that kind of a thing. It starts off quite slow. Yeah. Um, you know, you sort of, most of the cards are just sort of money or income. You don't start with any points. Um, although each person does get a random card to start with, and then that, so that could be points, and was in Martin's mm-hmm. case. Um, but yeah, there is a variance in the rule. I think to actually speed that up, and you start with a few more cards to sort of get to, you know to get off mm-hmm. the ground quicker. Yeah, it's, it's one of those that kind of ramps up into you. You start off the few yeah. for, first few rounds not getting very much, but then like halfway through the same game, suddenly everybody starts getting loads of money and loads of points yeah, and stuff, and then it little, and then yeah, it finishes. Yeah. And uh, and like I say, I like I like when I played it. I liked the um, the, the dice rolling because there's a bit of manipulation. You're not just stuck with the dice, and that's what you get. Yeah, um, you can manipulate them a little bit, so there there is a chance to get like yeah. really really lucky rolls and 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 you know pull back on those points. I think there's a card, isn't there? One that says you just win the game outright, but it's like really yeah, really difficult to get. Yeah, there's a card to, to win, <laughs> but you have to you have to work out a tr- yeah trigger. Yeah, it. I, I had that one when I played, and I was try- I was going for it, but I, uh, yeah, I didn't do it, but. It'd yeah. be brilliant when somebody actually does that one time, and uh, yeah. yeah. And you, you can also just buy uh, one bit. I forgot to mention is that you can just buy cards that are just flat points, and they go in, mm. in the slot. But they then lock that slot for the rest of the game, so you can't. That slot's dead. Doesn't nothing happens when you roll that number, and you can't put anything else in it for the rest of the game. So they're they're quite good towards the end of the game if you're getting a lot of money, which you might well be at that point because you've upgraded your cards. And just want to, I just I just need to get some points to finish the game, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So that can be. You know, or you want to sort of cement your first place, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so they they come in towards the end because they go up to more points than the track shows actually for the the highest one, forty two money. Um, the, the highest one costs, and they it's, I think it's points is something like three to about fourteen, I think. And uh, and is it up to forty? Did you say it's forty? Yeah, in the game when you get to forty. Tracks go up to forty, so up to forty yeah. points. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite a big the chunk then. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah, forty points would be quite a big, big chunk of that. But you would need mm. forty-two money for that, so that's yeah, <laughs> quite, quite the amount. Yeah, as I said, more than the uh, the gold track goes up to. All, the, all three tracks only go up to forty. <laughs> so. I, I seem to remember that some of the cards kind of build up as well. So you roll them and you like put cubes on them, so it doesn't activate straight away. Yeah, but then, then when you've got yeah, so many on, you can either take them off and use them for something else, or you yeah, can let it you build can, up and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so. an extra thing you can do is spend whatever cubes you've got. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's quite a nice little tablet board game. There is an expansion I'm hoping to get at some Oh, there are expansions as well, yeah. Yeah, there's one that's sort of a... Well, it, I forgot what it's called now. But you can kind of do a little bit of a campaign thing to add to get used to the expansions, or you can just put them all in, which is probably what mm. I'll do. I think it, I'm not, I can't remember exactly what it adds, but I know it adds more stuff. Mm. I think it's called Command Station or something like that. It adds a bit more mm. more effects and things, I think. Sounded if there's a little bit more... Bit more to it, which might be quite good. Yeah, yeah. And there's the other one, whatever it is, that adds all the. I think it's the emergence of shy Pluto that adds the, the sleeves and one or two other bits and bobs. That I mm. forget. Um, yeah, you you might need the sleeves because you kind of tuck your cards like under your playboard, don't you? Yeah. And and if you, I guess, if you play it a lot, it'll it'll start to wear them and. 
might scratch be, the edges uh, and stuff, I suppose. But I'll see how it goes. I'm not I'm not planning to get that expansion at the moment. Yeah, you'd probably have to play it a lot before that had happened. Yeah. To be honest. Anyway, what else have you been playing, Rick? Okay, so an- uh, another game. This is one I haven't played at club. This is one that I played with Tracy. I went down to his treehouse, uh, like we said previously, and they've they've got like a little uh, board game selection there, like a store selection, and uh, they've just reprinted a lot of the uh, two-player games, so like Targi and Caverna, Cave versus Cave. Uh, So one that I picked up is Agricola, All Creatures Big and Small. Mm -hmm. So this is just a two-player game. Uh, It only plays two players, and it takes about 30 minutes to play. And it's based on the Agricola game, so the Agricola game, the the big one where you have to feed your workers, and it's kind of based on a farm. You're getting um, you're getting animals and sheep and producing stuff. It's kind of based on that, but kind of a little bit a little bit cut down. So the basically it's a it's a worker placement game. Uh, the game comes with three boards. Um, you get one each f- uh, for each player, which is your farm, which is divided up into squares, and then there's a central board which has got these worker placement spots on them. Yeah, you get three workers per turn, and you basically put your worker out, take it in turns putting your worker out onto a spot. That spot is then blocked, and you get the resources that are from that spot. And then you use those in your farm to build fences and get animals and build buildings and things like that, and all these things will get you points. It's this, this version that I've got is the big box version. So originally it was produced uh, just like the standard game, but the big box one uh, is slightly upgraded. There are enemy pools in it. So there's, there's cows, horses, sheep and pigs and they're actual little wooden meeples. Uh, there's a whole bunch of buildings uh, like which were released as expansions as like a separate thing. So they're all, all in the game as well. So there's a, a, a load of um, buildings which change up how the game plays and how you can score points and things like that. And uh, so, so yeah, you take, take um, turns putting your worker out, um, getting resources, building up your farm, getting your uh, animals into your... Uh, paddocks can you kind of build like uh, fen- uh, you put fences out and build like areas and then you put your animals in there and you'll get points depending on how many animals you've got things like that you get points based on what buildings you've got you've got like an extra worker uh, an extra board that you can add onto your farm as well like a, an extra which gives you extra spaces so if you run out of space you can go to a, a worker placement space and that'll give you an extra space on the side of your board so you can expand out your farm and make it a bit bigger and it's, I think it's like eight rounds, and then the game's over, and then you just count up all your points and see who wins. Um, so it's a, it's a fairly quick game. Like I say, half an hour to play it. It's really easy to explain. It's it, the icons on the board. Uh, the board actually tells you what the, you know, what the places do on the central board. Um, so you can just look at it, and it tells you, you know, what happens when you put a worker there. Uh, one of the good things about it as well is that, um, let's say for example, there's a space that gives you wood. If somebody goes there, obviously they'll take all the wood. But each round, you you add to that. So each round, you might put three more wood onto it. So if nobody goes to that space on the second round, it'll have six wood on there, and that's quite tempting to go there to get all the wood. But then on the third round, if nobody takes it, there'll be nine wood there. So it kind of builds up and builds up until somebody actually goes there and takes it. And obviously, there's more spaces than you. You only get like three workers each, so that's like like six spaces that you can possibly go to in a round. There's always other spaces that are always building up, so that's quite good how it kind of builds up and builds up. And if your strategy is to build fences and put animals in there, that means that you're not getting buildings, so the other person can go for loads of buildings and get stone and things like that, because there'll be loads of stone knocking around. Um, so it, it kind of guides you in that way 
Uh, and like I said, the the first couple of times we played it, we just played with the basic buildings. So there's four basic buildings that you play with, and they recommend these. They've got like a different back, so you can identify them, and and that makes the game pretty plain. Um, you're just sort of going backwards and forwards and building up your farm. But it's when you add in the other buildings that it makes it really interesting because then you get different strategies. You might get points for like resources that are available at the end where you, usually you don't. Um, the different ways of scoring. You can upgrade your buildings as well. So, like on the other side of the building tile, there's like an upgraded version which gives you better abilities as well. Uh, yeah, so um, we've we've really enjoyed playing it. It's a it's a nice, cool little game. Uh, like I said, it's not really complicated. It's not very long. Um, play, plays pretty quickly, but it's really nice and smooth. Um, uh, the other thing as well is in Agricola, you have to feed your workers. So at the end of each round, you have to have enough food available to for your for your workers. But in this game, there's none of that. Like I say, it's all cut down. You're just getting points based on like the animals you've got, what buildings you've got, things like that. So it's not quite as uh, you know, it's a bit more forgiving than the than the kind of bigger game, the than the bigger Agricola game. Yes, have you have you have you have you played the big Agricola game, Rick? Yeah, yeah, I played it a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does sound somewhat uh, less stressful. Yeah, it one. is. Yeah, it is a lot less stressful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think in Agricola you get like loads of buildings at the start as well, so uh, they're all on cards, and you have to sort of decide yeah, as a card you get early on what you yeah what you're planning for. Yeah, uh, like I said, you have to make sure you have enough food available, or you take like hunger tokens or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's a bit stressful. And if you don't do that, then that'll loot yeah. cost you points. And, but I mean, in in the big Agricola, having too much space is something you can only dream of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I was, when you were saying that, I was thinking, bloody yeah, extending your board in Agricola, good God. Yeah, yeah. I frequently don't, have any, I frequently don't can't fill the what I've got. Never mind <laughs> needing more. I think that's. I think that summarises the difference quite nicely, actually. Yeah, it is. It's it's really fun. Um, the animal meeples are really cute. Uh, they're actually shaped like the little animals. They're coloured. So yeah. like you've got little pink pigs that you put in your in your farm and stuff. Yeah, all all their worth points. Um, it's really nice. Yeah. So uh, if you play a lot of two play games, then definitely have a look at uh, Agricola. All creatures, big and small. Might do. Yeah. Uh, right, the other game I'm going to discuss today is a very well known one, which I've been playing quite a lot. Uh, re- recently, having played it once or twice prior to that, and that is Scythe, mm. um, which is Stonemaier Games, Jamie Stegmaier. Bit of area control, a uh, bit of engine building, a mm. um, bit of battling, that kind of thing. It's this sort of alternate 1920s steampunk, or it says on BGD, diesel punk setting. Yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Of combination of mechs and farming. So you get a couple of boards and what you know one of them's got your actions on so you take you'll pick one and do the top of the top half of it and then the bottom half of it and they're different orders you know each each board is in a different order so the tops and bottoms will, won't be the same for each player mm. you have the same set of actions but they'll be in, in a different order so you'll have my top might be you know so I'll have one action might be move and then the bottom half of that for me might be upgrade but for somebody else it might be um, it might be list or something like that so on your turn you just choose one of those actions and do it the only thing is you can't choose the same one that you chose the previous turn. And it just goes round and round until the end game is triggered. Um but it looks it, it sort of at first glance it looks very complicated. There's you know mm. quite, yeah, quite a yeah. big board, two player things for each person, various miniatures, you've got all manner of wooden cubes in a variety of different shapes and sizes. Mm. And it's like, oh this looks wow, this looks very complicated. But actually a turn can be a few seconds, mm. you know, actually. 
and I've heard people say, oh, God, I don't want to play that with sort of six, seven, or eight. But I, I played it with six um, towards the end of last year, sort of last November. And actually, partly, partly because we were playing with everybody, I think one person was new to it, but everyone else was, you know, experienced enough. We, it, it actually, we only took us an hour and a half. All right. With, yeah, with six. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It was probably a slightly quicker game as well than normal. We got mm. we got a bit rushed towards the ending. A lot of us had only got two or three of the, the stars that formed the winning condition. But it, it you know, even that, even so, I wasn't waiting very long for a turn. I was waiting maybe a couple of minutes at most of my turn to come back round. Mm. Um, That's pretty good, yeah. So, you know, for a, what seems like quite a, a big complex game, after, you know, a player count of six or so there, we were playing with an expansion um, to allow to go up to seven. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was too bad. I mean, that mm. again, the caveat there is, I suppose, you, I was playing with most of the people who knew the, knew the game, so there wasn't that learning mm. uh, so much. So, but yeah, so the general idea is, in the top left of the board, there's various categories that you're trying to sort of get a star. You get a star for if you complete, so getting all of your mechs out on the board, or all of your workers, or do you know, winning a combat, that sort of thing. Mm. And the game ends immediately if somebody puts their sixth and final star on one of those, and then you, you score it based on territories you control, resources you control and stars that you have and there's another playing game scoring thing. So you're trying to sort of build up a bit of an engine to be able to allow you to claim these stars and try and sort of finish the game at a time it would suit you. And you can obviously move around the map um, and you've got workers that produce things, you've got your character that can move around and interact with encounter tokens which give you extra things and it might actually get an an encounters expansion pack which adds more wild and wacky encounters which I might get because um, I played with that in the in the six player game, and there was some quite interesting ones in there. Mm. Um, and then you have mechs that can move about, and the mechs and the character can transport workers about um, as well. So that can allow them to workers to get over rivers, for example, because there are rivers and lakes on the board which are initially mm. impassable until you start unlocking your mech abilities um, and things like that. Um, and as I said, I played it played it a couple of times two or three years ago, and was not entirely sure about it and then played the six player game at, um, at Boardstock the Sheffield University's board games group mm. um, and prompt- then I actually quite enjoyed it and so I managed to f- and then looking on Facebook after that it often comes up on the, on the Facebook sale groups mm. and fortunately I'd, I'd seen just before that actually but I was able to get a copy of the well it was essentially the Kickstarter so the collector's edition um, oh wow for six for pretty bargain price of 60 pounds and that comes with yeah. the big board that comes with the big board extension so you got the on the other side of the of the board there's a oh, bigger yeah. printed one but you extension to have the complete board yeah so yeah it came with that it came with the, the metal coins and it came with the realistic resources <laughs> so i thought i was pretty good value for 60 quid wow the coins, that was really the good coins yeah. are like 20 quid yeah. the 20 quid for the set and the resources are something similar yeah so i thought it did quite well there um, yeah yeah i was pleased to get that so i've got got that um, and the, the risk resources are really nice, actually. The the steel, but the metal particular is really quite weighty. Right. Um, it's, it's, you know, they're, they're like properly solid chunks of metal. Yeah. The, uh, the, the sort of the, the iron bar type things. So they're, so they're quite nice. Not very nice. And obviously, the metal coins are always nice. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I've played it a few times since then. Mm. Um, it, it's one of those, I think, sides like one of those deceptive-looking games because you get... You get a board with like a leader on, and you can see it, you can see your leader, and you get these big mechs, and it looks like you should be going out and you know rolling dice and fighting with these mechs, but it's completely different to that, isn't yeah, it? You're kind it, of going it, it out. It looks and like it should be a game where there's a lot of 
battling when actually you can quite easily win a game without having ever or play a game without ever having a combat. It's completely not. Yeah, you're kind of doing all the different things to try and get the stars. And it, it does that really nice thing as well where when you get an upgrade, you take like a piece off your board yeah. and it uncovers something on your board so you can see straight away what you're getting yeah, when you do that yeah, action next time. Yeah, when you do an upgrade, it, 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 it both um, makes your top, one of your top actions more more efficient and makes one of the bottom actions cheaper in terms mm. of resource costs. Yeah, That'd be yeah. Quite nice. And there's one of the one of the actions that I take things off that mean when people next to you do things you get a little bonus, yeah, which is quite nice. So there's there's a lot of you know interaction on that kind of a level. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, do, do you get a star? I seem to remember there's like a there's like a factory in the middle of the board. Do you get a star yeah, for getting something factory. there as well? Um, well, that's worth that's just worth more tiles at the end of the game. Uh, so three tiles instead of one in terms of area. Yeah. And if you go there. Um, you can get a factory, an extra extension to your board, which is an extra action that you can do, mm. which generally tends to be sort of a, a better value thing. You know, you can spend a card to get lots, you know, it's, it's a much, much better action. So instead of having to, you know, I've got, I can do this one and get a couple of resources, I can go here and get, yeah. you know, maybe I get a pop, one popularity of this action, I can go here and get two popularity and two power by spending two coins or something I don't know mm. yeah they're much, sort of much more powerful and then you get a move your bottom action that, that is always a move as well so it's another it's another move thing as well so they can be quite powerful but you, yeah, can, only get, you yeah. can only get one per game and the, the encounter expansion pack I was alluding to earlier one of the ones that came out of that was um, was one where the, the person that picked it chose the option that meant that everybody in the game got, <laughs> immediately got a factory card <laughs> this, was, this was on about turn two or three <laughs> It's a very ridiculously early odds. Everybody suddenly ended up with a factory card. <laughs> like, well, we had to pay three coins, but we could all afford that. So <laughs> we all did that. So that was quite a quite a, quite a powerful one compared to some of the, the, the base case odds, which are more just like get a couple of resources or do this or do that. That does seem like it would be quite a nice expansion to have. Yeah. A bit more yeah. variety on that and interest on those because they're quite fun. Yeah, there's like a like you say. I think there's like a campaign one as well, isn't there? Yeah, there's I think the there's a couple of extra factions that you can get. So there's loads Gambit, of invaders from afar. Yeah, there's yeah, there's loads of expansions available for it. As well. And like you say, getting the uh, getting the um, uh, the nice version of it, the collector's edition, that's really yeah, good as well. Did well there. Yeah, I thought I did quite well to get that for sixty quid. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, that was yeah. it's been up. The post had been up a few days as well. Last mm. time I did it, and often things like that will go very, very quickly. Mm. Um, yeah, I think so, I think that was the same as you first time I played Scythe. I wasn't quite sure about it, but then the the more you play it, the more it kind of yeah. it opens up, and you get used to you know. Oh, I need to do this first, and then I'll do this, and then and it, it, it I'll get these extractions yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and it feels less overwhelming because I said you start with your two boards, and you've got mechs and all kinds of coloured pieces all in it. Yeah, it's yeah, different shaped cubes in different holes and things. But actually, it's just it's just go here, do do an action, you know, get some resources or move, you know. But, do this or do that it's you know yeah. it's pretty, the actions are actually quite straightforward mm, yeah um, really and the turns are actually relatively quick mm. and obviously as it says it's as it's stone mar it's the art's very nice everything's very well oh yeah it looks fantastic yeah. yeah 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 things like that yeah so that's scythe okay okay so a, a lot of um a lot of like podcasts and videos uh video makers and things like that have been doing their best of 2021 lists um that's a bit difficult for us to do because we've probably not played all that many games from 2021 really and 
uh, like I say, a lot of people doing the same thing and like pulling out the same game. So I thought we'd do something a little bit different. We'll uh, we'll talk about um, games from ten years ago. So games from twenty twelve. So it's um, ten years ago that these games were released. I've I've done a bit of a list. I've had a quick look through my through my games as well that I've got. And there's a couple from there that are from twenty twelve. Um, I think it was quite a good year. There's quite a lot quite a lot of good games yeah, on this list. Had a quick look at your list. And there's there's a few there that I've got. Yeah, yeah, and surprisingly as well, I think a lot of these are still in print as well and still available. Mm-hmm. So obviously, in, in this, in this, you know, in, in 2021, a lot of games will probably come and go, and that'll be it. You know, I mean, they'll be they'll be here for six months. People will play them, and then you'll you'll never see them again. But uh, the, looking at the top games from 2012, they're, they're still available now. You can still you can still get a load, hold of a load of these. So uh, so some of the ones that I've I've seen are uh, La Havre. And now I've not I've not actually played this one, but I've seen I've seen obviously other people playing it, and it's quite a popular game. Have you Have you played that one? I've not played it now, but I do know of it. It's, yeah, so is it is it Uwe Rosenberg again? Um, Indigo. Uh, this one is a bit like Suro. Uh, it's got that mechanic where you've got like a path thing, you have to follow it around, but it's a little bit more involved. It's one that I've seen, but again, I've never really never I've really played. I know that one, Indigo. Mm. I was looking at uh, it on BGG. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks oh, pretty yeah. cool. It looks really nice. Tangle path and move gemstones. Yeah, um, um, it looks vaguely familiar. Mm. I'm actually listening for it on Facebook again. Um, um, the the next one on the list is Keyflower, uh, and this is one of Scott's favourite games. Yeah, he, yeah. he brings us quite regular, and I, I have actually online. played it recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I played it online a... with Scott and others. Oh, have you? Yeah. Not, I don't think I actually played the physical edition. Yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've yeah. seen it being played. But yeah, sort of the you know, bidding mechanisms and that's it. Yeah, yeah. There's like um, there's tiles that you get that are like buildings that give you a special ability. But the cool thing about it is you, you're building up your little section of the city, and you've got all your abilities and stuff. You put workers on it to do to do something, and everybody else is doing the same thing. But you can send one of your workers over to get the ability on somebody else's map, so they're building up their little bit, and they've got special abilities that they're doing with these buildings. Send one of your workers over, and you can get the the uh, benefit from that from that yeah. building. There you get but, the worker. But, but they keep the worker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's, re- it's really cool. Sort of outbidding each other and yeah, yeah. usability on the tiles, you know, while they're still in the market, as it were. Yeah, um, things like that. And yeah. Um, uh, next one down is Las Vegas. This is the dice rolling game. Um, this is one that I've been looking out for for quite a while because it's like just a, a quick, simple kind of filler betting kind of game. And I did manage to pick up a copy just before Christmas. Uh, so this is still in print. This is, I think, this was nominated for the Spiel des Jahres. I didn't actually win it, but it was nominated. Um, it's like a really simple, quick filler game based on the casinos, and you roll dice and uh, try and win win money. It's quite a cool game. Yeah, I think I might have played it once. I'm not sure. No, I've played some sort of Vegas gambling theme game. I can't mm. remember if it was this one, but it might have been. But it mm. might not have been at the same time. I can't quite remember because that was a few years ago. Yeah. And then a, cu- a couple of big ones, loads of Waterdeep. Yep, I've got that, and the expansion. Yeah, the expansion's um, brilliant for that, yeah, you, really you, good. The expansion's definitely one of the expansions that you really should get. It just adds, doesn't really add any more complexity, it just has more stuff. Yeah, like a couple yeah. Of new, couple of new little do, do you still have the cubes? Do you, you don't have the... Um... I, have still, I haven't got... I, I'm hoping at some point to change the, the cubes yeah. to the little <laughs> and get the metal coins at some, some point. Yeah. 
the, 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 yeah, the cubes are fine. They, they all work. Um, is it work yeah, placement not, game? Not, I'm not the coins. Sorry, what did you say? Is it uh, worker placement? Yeah, it's sort of a very straightforward worker placement. You get yeah, a certain amount yeah. of workers each round, put them on spots. B- based on the D and D. Yeah, it's not D You're trying to complete quests to get points and other rewards. I like to complete further quests, yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really, I really like Lords of Wards Deep, especially yeah. with the expansions. It's really good. Nice. And yeah, the expansion adds the yeah. schools. It, it does that. It, it does that thing that. Yeah, it does something that people don't really like. In that, um, you can like give a person a mandatory quest that they've got to do so it yeah. kind of locks them from doing something else but in Lords of Waterdeep it doesn't it doesn't like like feel really nasty or it doesn't like a whole year yeah I have to say most of the much. time I give one I'm thinking oh you've, you've nearly done that already this isn't yeah. that much so when if you get one it's like oh god that's really annoying <laughs> yeah for, for some reason in that particular game I don't think it's as bad as you know like no, take that in other games it, yeah, it, it just kind of really works right, so it's a slight bump but not too much of a yeah, major yeah. hiccup and, and you get, like, workers, don't you? As the rounds progress, you get an extra worker. At one point, yeah. So you can put more stuff out, worker. and you get buildings yeah. and things that you can build. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, that That's still available as well. As I think you can get yep. it yeah. pretty much anywhere now. That's a really good one. Uh, Machikoro. Yep. I that's a popular, popular game. Um, yeah. A new version of that's just come out. They come out with loads of expansions and, like, a big box version. It's a legacy game. Uh, a legacy version of it out. That's the one similar to Space Space where you yeah. roll dice and then everybody gets something on, on your dice or you get stuff on other people's turn when they're rolling the dice and you're kind of building up like a little city with these cards. Quick, quick simple game. Pretty straightforward. Mice and Mystics. This is like a um, kind of adventure uh, dungeon crawl kind of game. Where you play as little mice that have been shrunk down. Uh, well, not been shrunk. You were uh, you were people that have been shrunk down, and now you're mice. <laughs> uh, you. So you're kind of running around these little, like kitchen floor and things, and you have to avoid the cat and fight centipedes and things like that. Uh, yeah, quite a cool little game. Yeah, uh, I played it, but I do know of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I did have a look at it quite a few years ago. It's so got some really nice little miniatures. I thought that looked quite interesting, and then I wasn't quite sure. I never did yeah, buy yeah. it or play it. In the end. Uh, Robinson Crusoe. This is um, I've not played this one, but this is no, like the not. really difficult cooperative game. Yeah, where you kind of get hit, <laughs> you get kind of get beat down a little bit, depending on what scenario you're playing. I've never actually played it, but I've seen yeah, it's people talk about good, it. I think. Yeah, I think that's just been recently pre- reprinted as well in like a new version. In yeah, the past possibly. year or so. Oh, that's, yeah. Uh, suburbia. So we talked about uh, city building games. I think one or two episodes ago. Yeah, we, I was one. One I was on. I talked about suburbia. Not really liking. Yeah. Not liking. Yeah. The, some part of the scoring system. Yeah. Uh, Ten years old. So it's a city building game where you kind of get hexes and you kind of build them out into your city. Uh, I've not actually played the physical version, but I've got the app. So I play it on the app quite a lot. That's yeah, quite I, good on there. As I said on the previous podcast, I've played a couple of times on the app, but just didn't mm. like the, the scoring system and, and all the penalty things. It sort of felt like it was robbing me in my... You know, I said, yeah. spoiling my attempts to sort of you know, create <laughs> clever combos. I was just like, well, I could do that and get lots of points, but I'll just lose them all again or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I go over so many penalty lines, it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially when you get in front. Yeah, yeah, you cross over those. At this point? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I'm just being... <laughs> Yeah, uh, another game that we've played at the club recently, Terra Mystica. 
Oh yeah, yeah, it's another one of Scott's favourites. But actually, for once, it's not Scott who's played it the most. It's actually James who's played uh, Terra Mystica the most. He plays it a lot online on a free app, I think. Ah, uh-huh, right, okay. It's a free online version that you can play, which I believe he's played a lot. Yeah. Um, so he's he's even better at Scott than that, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good game. That's um, that's still in print. Got expansions for it as well. Plenty yeah, of expansions. I, I have played that two or three times. It's hmm. still struggling to get my head around it at the moment. You know, because you've got. Once you start the game, you've got open information, so you should be able to work out, you know, what you can do all the way through the game, which I think is one of the things Scott likes about it. Mm. Um, but I sort of, I don't know, I seem to be struggling to work out what to put down when and struggling. Yeah, with and you get you get different characters as well. Like your your character or your Race faction will will work slightly yeah. differently to other people's and give you different abilities, which is probably difficult as well if you're getting yeah. you're playing like a different uh, one every time. Yeah, I think yeah, and tricky, tricky bit was sort of not running out mm. of resources. I kept feeling like I was always running out of things, mm. and everything always seemed prohibitively expensive. Yeah, yeah, like but yeah, I like Terry Mystica. Yeah, like uh, like you have, uh, I've only played it once or twice, and it's um, quite a lengthy yeah. one though. It's uh, yeah, yeah, especially the expansions. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think when I played it, it was just the base game. Yeah, I've only played the base game as well, and I think it was only like four players, and it did take more than an hour and a half, I don't yeah. think. But I have seen uh, people play it with the expansion and it takes nearly all night. So Yeah, and then of course more recently than that was Gaia Project, which is sort of Terramisica in space, mm. which is very mm. similar, sort of, I think. Kind mm. of a rework of Terramisica to some extent, but um, it does a bit more with the, the temple track, I think it was the four mm. things that you go up. There's more to that in Gaia Project. And there's yeah. a modular board as well, so that's a bit more, because the Terramisica board's always the same, obviously, each game. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, improves on those aspects of the original. Hmm. So if you like one, you'll like the other. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Really. Uh, Zombie side. I'm, I'm guessing this is probably the original version because there's been probably ten different versions come out since this one. But yeah, I think this was a big Kickstarter when it first um, when yeah. it was first released, and lots of little zombie miniatures to put in there, like a modular board. Have you, have you played any of the Zombie Side games? I I haven't. But the first Tuesday session I went to the club. Hmm. Um, there was a game set up. It's the only time I've ever seen it at the club, actually. And it was um, it it was a sort of they were doing this sort of eight player four on four All right. sort of scenario, which is I think normally <laughs> it's just a single cooperative thing. There was yeah. some kind of team based competitive thing on this absolutely <laughs> enormous. You know, they took, it took like two or three. I think it was like probably two of our club boards that it used um, in the back in the back corner. Wow. I remember like a, a I, mega I game. Playing it. I remember it. Kez was playing it. I can't yeah. actually remember who else, but yeah. people I probably do know now. Yeah, um, but yeah. didn't really then so much. Um, but yeah, I I wasn't playing it. I think I played the medieval one. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now, but um, the medieval one where you're kind of in the olden times, and it, it seemed okay. quite fun. Yeah, it's got a nice little cooperative game where you're kind of beating up zombies and stuff. Quite popular. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, lots of different Good. versions out of it now. So. Any more? Uh, a couple more. Uh, Love Letter. Oh yeah, I've played that a few times. Yeah, for a while as well. Um, nice, nice little little filler. Yeah. Um, and, and any that you uh, any that you that you've got or you can think of? Android Netrunner. Yeah, I do have Netrunner. Mm. Yep. Twenty twelve. Yeah. Uh, that's brilliant. I really liked that. Like I said, I've only played it again a couple of times, but yeah, I like, like magic and those kind of head-to-head yeah. games. But it's it's not really like that. But it's no. It's, I I I was sort of a bit mixed. I really like the theme and I like the you know mm. mechanics. It's sort of very different. 
you know, it's a sort of two-player game, but the two sides are quite, you know, a bit different in what they're trying to do. One side's kind of trying to attack the other one to mm. do certain things, to try and um, get a certain amount of points worth of uh, agendas, and the other one's trying to sort of stop that. Um, and I got quite into it and went to a sort of a little separate thing for a while, but mm. I kind of got fed up because there were lots of, you know, expansions you could get for it. I didn't really know which ones to get, and you're sort of getting cards fairly random. Yeah. And that's, I couldn't really deck build very like, well. And yeah, the collectible nature of it, like, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. But I, I might get back into it. I don't know. Mm. Um, we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. I do do like the... I do quite like the, sort of the, the theme of yeah. hacking. Yeah, the things cyberpunk and, theme. Yeah, yeah. That's good, yeah. If, uh, I buy, if I can buy a collection of it or something, I might... Well, I've, mm. I've, seen, I've seen one or two on Facebook again, but mm. I don't know. I need to find one. Quite uh, sm- smash up? Yeah, I've played Smash Up. I went, I went mad a few years ago and bought loads of Smash Up stuff. Then <laughs> most of it because I decided I'd got, I ended up with about twenty nine different Smash Up decks or something ridiculous. Yeah. I, bought, I bought loads and thought, actually, this is stupid. You'll never try any combination more than once. Yeah. So it's like you're never, you're never gonna, you're never gonna learn how a combination works because you only ever play it once. Yeah, yeah. So I said, actually, there's five minutes I've cut it down. I have still got the base game and I think the awesome level nine thousand expansion. Oh yeah, and yeah. I got rid of I also did buy the big geeky box which came with a little set of cards. Oh yeah, and then I yeah. I got rid of the big geeky box but forgot that I hadn't put the cards back in it, so I've still got the cards from that. <laughs> <laughs> the um, tabletop gaming the base deck, the the geeks. Yeah, one. <laughs> that's unfortunate. This is one that I've um, talked to people who play Magic, and they re- yeah, they really liked Richard, it. By Richard Garfield, but it's by the same same person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the last one uh, again one that I think we've played recently Tea Time oh yeah yes Tea Time That's, I've had that for a very long time yeah um, so I played that at a board gaming event absolutely ages ago years before I even went to the started going to the club and mm. really liked it and got it for then requested it for Christmas or birthday one or the other um, it's a nice little set collection game yeah um, yeah with a couple of nice little twists where you actually get more points for scoring, for getting zero for set than you do for one or two, but then they've got mirrored and non-mid versions and they would cancel out, so you can sort of take some to get rid of a set. Go, oh, I've got one, I can take that one, and it means I've not got none, which scores me more. Mm. And then you can have, oh no, I'll take that one at the end, I don't want that one, I've had none, <laughs> now I've got one. Uh, yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit of a hidden gem, that one, it's not really well yeah, known, but it's a nice little, yeah, cl- quick it's, little it's uh, nice filler game, tin, isn't it? It's, in a nice little tin as well, although it's mm. not quite the right shape for the tiles, but yeah, it's still nice. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I've played that quite a lot. Mm. Showing you what to wear now. Mm. So uh, I think that's pretty much it then. So plenty of games there from 2012. A lot, like I say, a lot that you can still get hold of. A lot of there. Yeah, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's plenty more we haven't mentioned as well. Oh, loads! I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there will be. <laughs> so maybe we'll, maybe we'll come back and revisit this at some point and uh, uh, talk about some more different games. But perhaps eventually we're doing the best games for 2022. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm optimistic about this uh, about this year. It's going to be a good year. I can feel it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Not not just for board gaming. It's going to be a good board gaming year and just a, a good year in total. Well, hopefully it should be better than last year, anyway. In general, <laughs> yeah. Year, yeah. So that's my predictions then for 2012, uh, for 2022. It's going to be a good year. <laughs> I so, feel like you don't need to predict anything for 2012. You probably... <laughs> I'm sure I don't know what happened in 2012. <laughs> like, yeah, 2022. We yeah. see. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's it. That's it then. So thank you, uh, thank you very much for joining me, Samuel. It's been brilliant talking to you as usual. Yeah, nice to talk to you. Uh, we are the Sheffield Board Games Club, so we play every Tuesday at the University Arms. If you want to come in and play any games with us, um, you can just turn up and, and play some games. You don't have to pre-arrange or anything. Uh, just come down and see us. And we're also at the Red Deer on the first Sunday of every month. So you can have a look at the uh, Facebook page. You can have a look at the website, the forum, which is www.sheffieldboardgamers.com. And in the meantime, goodbye for now. Goodbye. <laughs>